Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School Class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. There we go. All right, let's get started this morning with our scripture memory passage review. So we've got a few visitors this morning. So we start each Sunday morning with uh, memory verses. And at the top of your handout there underneath the title and the subtitle is a scripture memory passage review. And it's Romans 8, 14, 15, 16, and or 17. Uh, Any combination of those. And for each verse you say, we have a uh, prize table. You can come up and get something off the prize table. So it encourages... Scripture memory, because that's a good thing. So, who's got it this morning? Oh, we friends. This is good. Excellent. We're not friends. Who told you that? Uh, yeah. Nothing about that, right? We'll get to that in point E in today's handout, Darla. It's okay. You've already decided. Oh, so I should defer to this, right? Yes. Okay. Eyebrows furrowed when the yes was given, just in case. So, who's first? All right. You got it? Go for it. Yes. Yes, they are. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's right. Receive the spirit of adoption. Yes. We cry out, Abba, Father. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. It is beautiful. Yes. So you got two verses. Excellent. You going to keep going? Is that it? Yeah, okay, but throw me off. Uh oh. <laughs> what? I threw you off? I'm so sorry that I threw you off. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> Yes. our spirit that we are children of God. Yes. And if children, then heirs. Yes. Heirs of God. Yes. Joint heirs with Christ. Amen. And if we suffer with him, if indeed we suffer with him, that we shall be glorified together. Bam. Nice. Four verses. Give her a hand, ladies and gentlemen. That's awesome. Well done. All right. Who's got second? Oh, excellent. Four. Yes. 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 For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption, yes. by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Yes. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. Yes. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs of Christ. If indeed we suffer with them, then we, that we may also be glorified together. Bam! That's awesome. Fantastic. Well done. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Miss Darla, no pressure here, but they have nailed it. I mean, set it on a tee and cracked it out of the park. So, one verse. Excellent. All right. Which one are we doing? The first one. The first one. <laughs> of course, right? For as many as are led by the Spirit, and they are the sons of God. They are. Isn't that awesome? It is awesome. It is awesome. It is fantastic. Excellent. So, thank you all very much. Come on up. And uh, for the rest of you, we will get started this morning. So, if you've got a handout in front of you, uh, the front side of it says Systematic Theology, Part 5, Application and Redemption, Chapter 38, Sanctification, Growth, and Likeness to Christ. I am envious of the next uh, major doctrine in Grudem's section because it is not nearly as long and I will have more space for handout and less space for titles. So we will go from there. 
Now, first couple of things I want you to notice is that if you flip through the handout, you'll notice a lot of highlighted areas. And those are the verses that we're going to look at today. And you will see dozens and dozens and dozens of other passages that are not highlighted. And that is for additional reading or study or uh, investigation into those areas. And there's a lot of that this week. Uh, I actually, there's about 30 or so passages that I wanted to include that I didn't have space for. So this is how long this week's chapter was. So that's kind of where we're at. So let's get started. So if you look at that uh, list of items, items 0 through 10 on your handout there, uh, then this is the, the order of salvation. And this is what we've been studying for the last several weeks, is this application of redemption. How does God take redemption and from the beginning of time through the end of all things, apply it to the life of a believer. So we started with common grace, and common grace is that uh, grace that is extended to everyone. Uh, it's the grace that gives us the ability to not uh, be immediately consumed uh, as soon as we sin. It is the grace that God gives so that we have a time for repentance. It's the grace that God gives that basically results in the world not looking like the burning fires of hell. Because if we didn't have common grace we'd go immediately to judgment and we'd have a problem. So that's common grace. Uh, then there's election. So before beginning of time, God chose. Uh, this is choosing of the saved uh, and reprobation, the passing over of the lost. Two is calling. Uh, this is that reaching out, the gospel goes out, as well as the Holy Spirit draws men uh, and women to himself. Three is regeneration. This is the, the new birth. When we talk about being born again, this is the word for that. Conversion is that turning from sin to Christ in repentance and faith. Justification is the legal declaration of God where He says you are not guilty and you get Christ's righteousness. So it not only takes us from a, a negative bank account of sin, brings us up to moral neutrality, and then adds in Christ's righteousness so we have something positive to our account. Next we come to adoption. This is what we looked at last week. This is being part of God's family. And Grudem really elaborates a lot on this because adoption didn't have to be included for salvation. He, God could have saved us without making us part of his family. And this is just a, I think I mentioned it last week, is the cherry on top of the milkshake. And I didn't get a milkshake this week. And now I'm craving a milkshake again. So we'll have to do a milkshake for lunch somewhere. All right. Uh, number seven is sanctification. That's where we are today. This is growing more and more like Christ. Uh, eight's perseverance. This is remaining a Christian. Then there's death, which is a good thing in the life of a saint. And then ten is glorification, where we will be with Christ in heaven and we'll look like Him. So that's the process of the application of redemption. So today is sanctification. Here's your first blanks. Sanctification is a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free. There's your first blank. Free from sin and like Christ in our actual lives. So when I say the words, like Christ, Wally Reese walks in the door. <clears throat> and I don't know what to say, because I, I can go nowhere from there. So I'm going to take that page of notes and put it down and go to the next page of notes. All right. So you'll notice, what's the first letter on your outline? B, as in bravo. Yes. So what would you expect the first letter on your outline to be? Alpha. Yes, it is not alpha. Uh, Grudem sometimes chases rabbits, and this was a rabbit that he chased about why justification is not sanctification. And I went, 
why are we going there? And he really gave no context for why he did it, other than it was a really cool table, and it was a nice table. And I'll probably use that table at some point in the future, but not today. So we're starting with B. So the three stages of sanctification. So number one is sanctification has a definite beginning at regeneration. A definite beginning at regeneration. All right, so who's got Titus 3, 5? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Right, so the washing and regeneration, so that's the regeneration piece, and the, what was the next word? And the re- renewing. renewing. This is the beginning of sanctification. So we get regenerated, there's a new birth, and then we begin to be made new, which is fantastic. It's really, really good. So let's look at 1 John 3, 4 through 10. And if somebody's got this in the ESV, that would be great because the ESV gets the verb tenses right and a lot of translations lend themselves toward a lot of confusion in this passage. So if you got the ESV. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also. Makes a what of sinning? A practice. A practice of sinning. This is a lifestyle. This is, a, this is my habit. This is my common thing that I am in. All right, let's keep going. Uh, also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Pause. Remember last week we talked about how many families are there? There's two families. What are the families? It's God's family and the devil's family. That's it. There's no plan C. That's it. God's family and the devil's family. So let's keep going. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. He has been born of God. So this regeneration kicks off something inside the believer. Hey, good to see you this morning. I just now put it together. Good to see you. Uh, this kicks off. This is little squirrel moments for me just to happen all through Sunday school and some I chase and some I don't. So I chase that one. Why not? Uh, kicks off in the life of a believer this idea that I am going to be made, I'm going to look like Jesus Christ one day. Now, if you want a chapter on this, it's Romans 6. It's just all about Romans 6. So we're going to camp in Romans 6 for just a couple minutes. So who's, who's got Romans 6? We're going to read verses 5 through 11, and I'm going to read something to you, and then we're going to look at 12 through 19. So who's got 5 through 11? Got it. Awesome. <laughs> Tim the Elder, Tim the Younger. Y'all timed that, didn't you? Perfect. Ooh, that's a little echo. For if we have come, or sorry, for if we have become unit, united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly. And who's him and his? Capitalized. So. Jesus. Yep, we're talking about Jesus, right? Certainly, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Right. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that he would. You see what so Paul did there? The the wordplay, our body of sin. Because he's been talking about the body of Christ, and he's going to talk about more about the body of Christ, and he's talking about this body of sins. We've got to deal with that. So, the body of sin. So that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died <clears throat> with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. Uh, through 11, right? Yep. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. 
Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Awesome. So, does that say, does that say that I am completely free from sin? Does it say I am completely free from sin? No, it doesn't say that. So, does it say, um, this sin has defeated me, so I'm going to give up? No, and, and those are two extremes that you can take. You can take the extreme that says, I am perfect. And you can take the extreme that says, I'm never going to win, forget it, it's not worth it. Both of those extremes are incorrect views. So let's keep going, Romans 6, 12 through 19. So who's, you still got it there, Tim? Sure. Awesome. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Hey, Jules, what instrument does Caleb play? He plays the French horn. So my 11-year-old plays the French horn. And the French horn is substantially bigger than he is. And he drags this thing everywhere, right? And, and he is required to bring it to school every single day, to present that instrument to be played in something bigger so that something better can happen as a result. Now, he can either drag his French horn to math class where it is of no value, or he can take it to his band room where it is of value. So we can present our instruments, our bodies, to be of something of no value to the body of Christ and to yield ourselves over to sin, or we can present our instruments to the body of Christ to be used as a unified way for God's glory. Does that make sense? Awesome. I'm going to have to write that one down. Okay. That was not in my notes, so let's keep going. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Amen to that. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Absolutely. So he is saying we used to be one way. We used to be completely given over to something. So as much as we were given over to that thing before that was of no value, we are to be given over now to something that is of great value so that God can use us in a way that furthers His kingdom and His purposes. So it has a definite beginning at regeneration. Number two, sanctification increases throughout life. It increases throughout life. Can you read 619 again for me? Yeah. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Absolutely. It almost makes you think that you're going to hear resulting in more sanctification, resulting in more righteousness, right? Because we yielded to unrighteousness and we got more unrighteousness. We yield to righteousness and it follows that 
feels like there's going to be more of that. This is the Galatians principle that my dad talks about constantly. Whenever, whenever I do something or whenever I talk to him about doing something where I planted a seed and now I'm harvesting a crop, he just says Galatians. Because whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Um, I'm convinced it's the only verse in Galatians that my dad knows. I'm convinced. <laughs> but he knows it extraordinarily well. And this idea that I can invest in sin and I will reap sin. I can invest and yield to righteousness and we will yield and reap righteousness. It is sowing and reaping. It's very straightforward. So 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Dave, you got it? Yeah. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Y'all remember this, right? Because you were reading through the Bible with us, and Moses went up on the mountain. He, he talks to God, and his face lights up, and it's kind of creepy. And we don't really understand why his face lit up. It's not really described. Um, a lot, you read commentaries, there's a lot of guesses as to that. But he didn't want to freak people out, so he put a veil over his face. Right? So let's keep going. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, uh, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when uh, one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, the Lord is, and there is liberty. But we all... Uh, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, but as the Spirit of the Lord, uh, but, but as by the Spirit of the Lord. Absolutely. So the Spirit of the Lord is in us, mm-hmm. transforming us, making us to be more like this image that we were talking about. And the only image that's worth being transformed into is the image of Jesus Christ. And so it increases throughout our lives. Let's look at... Uh, your next blank here. Salvation, uh, sanctification involves, salvation does too, but sanctification involves the whole person, W-H-O-L-E, the whole person, including our bodies, which we don't think about sometimes, but it really does. This is, I mean, you're, we are all in with salvation. So 2 Corinthians 7, 1. It's got 7, 1. You got it? Having therefore these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Absolutely. So what two parts of us are involved in this perfecting? There's a lot of different words in the New Testament for sanctification. There's renewing, there's perfecting, there's completing, there's transforming, there's sanctifying. There's a, anything that's a... Uh, I don't say anything. Almost anything that ends with ing that applies to the Christian is part of sanctification because we are becoming something different. So the two parts that are impacted by us are flesh and spirit, spirit, right? Which kind of covers. It feels like that's it. Feels like we're we're covered if if both our flesh and our spirit are being transformed through this process. Uh, Let's look at Philippians three twenty one. Philippians three twenty one. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself? So thank you, because you woke all of us up. That was fantastic. <laughs> That's like the greatest reading voice ever. It, uh, I got to admit, my heart jumped just a little. I was like, it's like we were just talking about the veil. I know, right? <laughs> Okay, so can you read it again? One, because it was awesome, and two, because I, I really was just distracted by the awesome reading sure. voice. So. 
Awesome. Everybody hold on. All right, so Philippians 3.21, here we go. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body? Yeah. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Awesome. So, so Jesus had a physical body when he was on earth, right? Right? How did it end up? Like the last day of that body, how did it end up? Anybody want to look like that? I don't know about that. But that's not the one we're going to be transformed into. Which one are we going to be transformed into? Into his glorious body. Oh. Oh. This sounds better. This sounds much better. I, I think I'm okay. Yep, I'm good. It doesn't matter if I'm okay with it or not. So it's going to happen, right? But I'm very much on board with being transformed into Jesus' glorious body. That sounds amazingly, amazingly positive. So let's keep going. Number four, sanctification is never completed in this life. <clears throat> There's your hope for today. Is a happy message? Yeah. We won't see it here. Okay. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. Now, Grudem tackles several different passages here. Matthew 5, 48, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and 1 John 3, 6. And all of these have some type of a command or expectation to the believer that are extremely difficult. So let's just, I'm just going to pick one at, at, uh, as an example here. So Matthew 5, 48. So who's got Matthew 5? You got it? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Huh. And those words are in what color? Black. In black. Are they? They're in red. Oh, you have a, okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I don't have any red letters in my book. No problem. Excellent. <laughs> it's like, I was, I, I'm, I'm confused now because I really thought they were red. So when I read it this morning, they were red. So that's cool. Yes, that's, those are words from Jesus. And he, sa- he says, go be Perfect. Does it sound like there's a lot of wiggle room in that? No. Okay. So, so here's, where, here's where we run into trouble. We start running into trouble when we take our human brain and we say, well, I can't do that. So he must really mean something else. Well, can you read it again? I just want, I'm just going to check. Sure. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Right. So just in case we thought we could define perfect as however we wanted to define it, he defined it for us as God the Father is perfect. Mm. That's a, would, you, would you say that's a high bar? I think that's a high bar, yes. Um, and, and, and Grudem would say that there are people that use these verses, those, those four passages. If you want to circle those and like put a question mark out beside them or something... Um, they use those, those specific passages to say that we can adhere to those commands and reach a state of sinless perfection. Now, there are denominations in the world today that teach this and preach this. And uh, I have a friend right now who is uh, having ongoing discussions with somebody who repeatedly tells him that he is perfect. Like, I, I, I live a perfect life. I have, it's been years and years since I have sinned in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I just, like, wow, that's just a, that's a tough one. So so here's what a lot of people, I I mentioned a while ago we get in trouble sometimes when we take our human brains and try to put our logic on top of the scripture. My logic says God wouldn't tell me to do something that I couldn't do, right? I mean, that sounds logical. 
Yeah, of course he tells us, tells us to do things we can't do. That's why we need Jesus. If we could be perfect, we don't need Jesus. The whole Old Testament is a testament to the fact that I am not perfect. I am, what, 10, 11 chapters in Leviticus right now? <sighs> you, go keep all that. Every bit of it. Every single line. Keep every bit of it. I just can't imagine. I, I mean, am I supposed to kill it or burn it? Do I burn it? Do I, like, where do I put the... I mean, it's... Uh, no way. We are not perfect. That next set of verses there are verses that talk about us what? Not being perfect. <laughs> there's Old Testament verses. There's New Testament verses. We are not perfect. So if sanctification is not going to be fully complete in this life, do we give up on it? Absolutely not. We do not give up on it. Just because I can't be exactly like Jesus now doesn't mean I stop trying. Doesn't mean I stop yielding myself to the Father's will so that the Holy Spirit can work inside so that I can become more like Christ. That's part of the process. So don't lose hope just because of this. Now see, this is the interesting part. See, God and man cooperate in sanctification. Now, the vast majority of what we have talked about so far, that, that list of 10 things, uh, 11 things on the front of your handout, are God's doing, right? So common grace, God's doing. Election, God's doing. Um, flip back over. Uh, calling, God's got a part in that. We have a part in that. Regeneration, God, God regenerates. Conversion, we, we make the decision, but He empowers us to be able to do this. Justification, all God. Adoption, all God. Sanctification, Yes. It's got both. So let's talk about both. So let's talk about God's role in sanctification. So 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You got it, Josh? Awesome. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. Awesome. So who does the sanctifying? Him. God. Yeah, so that's your blank. God does the sanctifying. Let's make it straightforward, right? So Philippians 2, 12, and 13. Somebody may actually know this one off the top of your head, but Philippians 2, 12, and 13. You got it? Awesome. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence... So whenever he starts off with my dear friends, <laughs> just picture him actually sitting in front of you. Now, now we're friends, right? This is Paul's way of saying we're friends, right? Yes, this is bless your heart, right? <laughs> this is Greek for bless your heart. I like that. That's good. All right, so let's, let's do it again. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah, continue. Don't give up. We don't get to stop. We continue to work out, but... I can't work inside of me. I can take the work that he has done inside of me and work out of that. But I can't work on the inside of me. That doesn't, that's not how this transformation thing works. God does all the working on the inside, and I do the working on the outside. And when everybody stays in their own lane, it works really, really well. And when I get to thinking that I can work on the inside, I put myself in the place of God, and things do not work very well at all. So we have to be cautious about that. So this is part of God's role in sanctification. I'm going to skip 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. We're going to come down. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. 
Number two, our role in sanctification. So the role that we play in sanctification is both a passive one. So I know the word passive because whenever I write anything in Microsoft Word, I get all these green squiggly lines and it says passive everywhere, right? And I, 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 don't, I guess I don't know how to write another than the passive tense. And that's just the way this, or passive voice or whatever. What's the right? Is it passive tense or voice? Yeah. Tense. Excellent. Thank you. Still don't get it. Sorry. <laughs> passive in which we depend on God to sanctify us. So, so Josh, this goes back to the God does the sanctifying, right? And an active one, that's your next blank, an active one in which we strive to obey God and take steps that will increase our sanctification. So we, we have a part in this. So Romans six nineteen. Coming back to you, Tim, since you read it right. twice. We'll see if we can get the trifecta here. I am speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. Right. So what did he tell us to do there? What was the verb that he told us to do? To present. Now, if, if I present myself before somebody, those of you that are in the military, what does to present yourself mean? Anybody know? Like, what does it mean? If, you, if, you, if you're commanded to go present yourself in front of somebody. I tell stand in front of them, report that I'm here, yeah, stand and wait, right? How much working? Now, there's some work to do to get ready for that, right? Because you, you don't just, I rolled out of bed, and I got bedhead, and I smell bad, and I'm just going to stand in front. No, 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 no. I go get ready. Everything's spit shine. He can see his reflection. Yes, extractivity, yes. Well, uh, I think I could run with that analogy a long ways. But, um, so there's the work to be done to get to present. But once you stand, it's just. you got to be squared away. I, I'm ready to go. And, and so. So when that officer or when that commander or when that person above you in rank gives you a command, then your job is to... Go. Yeah. It was, you notice how there's no hesitation in his voice as far as the response there? It was great. Yeah. So we have this... This is part of the passive role, is the presenting part. Uh, Romans 12, 1. Who's got that? That's why I love having a lot of different backgrounds in Sunday school because there's just always somebody that's done that. Which is cool. Do you know it? Can you quote it? You were quoting it. You were proud of yourself. Now, you're... now, now I can't. Uh, let's see. Romans 12, 1. Therefore. Yes. Therefore, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Yes. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Yes. There's that word again. The present. Mm-hmm. I present. Now, and, and I don't just show up bedhead and ugly and smelly. I present... Holy. I like that squared away. That's really good. I've got a feeling that means a lot more than I think it means. Yeah, okay. Everybody's nodding. Yes, excellent. All right. The active role in which we're to play is indicated by Romans 8.13. So what's Romans 8.13 say? For those of you that are visiting with us in class today, we appreciate you coming with us today. We look at the Bible a lot. So if you like to look at the Bible, this is the place for you. If you don't like to look at the Bible, you probably should come back until you like to look at the Bible because it's really important. So... We'll help you with your sanctification. <laughs> Romans 8, 13. Well, if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Right. So, so in regeneration, we were made new in Christ. 
In adoption, we are incorporated into his family. And in sanctification, pull out your Alfred Hitchcock psycho blade and kill the flesh. We have an active role in this. It is not pretty. It is not neat. It is not organized. It never has 90-degree corners. It does not fit nicely into any categories. We are talking about murder. Murder is ugly. It's ugly. And we are to kill the deeds of the flesh. Yes, this is mortification. We even have a term for it, don't we? Fantastic. I love it. All right. Now, the thing that I want you to remember as we go through this is that we are not alone in this process. Your next blank. Sanctification is usually a corporate process. Corporate. Now, I do not mean uh, policies and procedures. Uh, I do not mean forms to fill out. I mean we have people to go through this with us, which is good. It is a corporate process. If you look at Galatians 5, 19 through 21, those are the... We, we generally don't teach those to our children because that's the deeds of the flesh. This is the fornication and sorcery and dissension and one translation says a party spirit, uh, carousing and the like. That's good stuff. Uh, doesn't feel like much good is going to come from carousing and the like. And then you transition into Galatians 5, 22 and 23 to the fruits of the spirit. Almost any one of those things in verses 19 through 21 will cause disunity in a group of believers. And almost any one of those things in 22 and 23 will cause unity in a group of believers and will help build up the body of Christ. So be thinking about this. This is not an isolated, oh, I have to go and I have to go do this myself. No, 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 no. We have a we so that we can do this. This is part of growth in Christ. So point D, sanctification affects the whole person. The whole person. So a couple examples of this, Colossians 3, 8, 9, and 10. Colossians 3, 8, 9, and 10. You got it? Go for it. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Yeah, so we have this new knowledge, this renewing of knowledge. So this Colossians 3, 8 through 10 is our intellect and our knowledge that's being renewed. Uh, Philippians 1, 9 and 1 John 2, 15 talks about our love that's being renewed. Romans 12, 2. What, what is renewed in Romans 12, 2, Mala? Yes, who said it? Excellent. Thank you, Mala. That's awesome. <clears throat> Mala phoned a friend and didn't know it, so that's fantastic, right? <laughs> so our mind is being renewed in Romans 12, 2 and in Colossians 1, 10 and in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5, and 6. Our emotions are being renewed in Galatians 5 and 1 Peter 2 and Ephesians 4. Our will is being renewed in Philippians 2. Our spirit is being renewed in 1 Corinthians 7. Our bodies are being renewed in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Who's got it? You didn't think I was going to stop, did you? Who's got it? I'm sorry. Every once in a while, the hum out of this one over here distorts just so I can't tell where something's coming from. So, But that little stick gave you time to make sure you had the right verse, so that's good. But, First, I, dis but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, 
I myself will not be disqualified. I don't like that verse. That verse takes effort, doesn't it? Hmm. Putting that page down. Discipline my body. This is sanctification is all of me. All of me. And then point E, motives for our obedience to God in the Christian life. I am not going to go through and read these. I'm just going to give you that reference at the bottom of your page, stewardheights.org slash Sunday School. I would encourage you that you go there and that you look at some of these things. It's an amazing list. If you, if you find that you struggle to pull out the Alfred Hitchcock psycho knife and mortify the flesh and to, to kill these evil deeds... That whole section, that entire section there is nothing but encouragement for you on getting through that. Okay? It, it's, it's really shockingly amazing. These are all the different things that we can use as motivation to go through with sanctification. And then F, the beautiful part, is the beauty and joy of sanctification. And we'll end with Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Because the end of verse 2 has got some neat stuff. You got it? Olivia? Awesome. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That sounds like sanctification, right? We're getting rid of this stuff that's slowing us down, great? And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah, for the joy that was before him. Because he knew that at the end of all things, when his children were with him, there would be joy. Because the end of the process of sanctification is joy. Because tomorrow is always better for the believer. Always. It only ever gets better for the believer. And I hope you is one. It's really, really important. I cannot stress this enough. So there's a couple questions for personal application there at the bottom of your handout. Uh, Things to help you think through this process. How are we doing on this? Next week's scripture memory passage, uh, Romans 6, 11 through 14. So lots of commas there. Uh, And then two hymns. Take Time to Be Holy, uh, which some of you may have grown up singing, and then Trust and Obey, which probably most of us are very familiar with. So a couple there to think through. So if this is your first time or first time in a while in Sunday school, thank you for being here today. There's a piece of paper in the middle of your table called the Weekly Update. Please make sure that your name and the name of everybody that was here today is on that piece of paper. And uh, lean in, engage, pray as a group. And after you have prayed, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming today, guys. (laughs) 